Hello and welcome to Live Vedanta, a podcast where we explore simple living and high thinking. Each week, we join Vivek Gupta as he offers insights on bringing the divine into the daily. Vivekji has experienced much of what the world has to offer, whether it is attending an elite business school or traveling to almost 50 countries. However, tired with the inconsistent and incomplete peace associated with these pursuits, he decided to turn his journey within. Over the last decade, Vivekji has shared his observations on the signs of independent joy with communities across North America and beyond. Contentment and independence. What do these virtues have to do with love? What steps should one take to deepen and express their love for the Creator? In this next episode of the Embracing Love series, Vivekji systematically describes how we can simplify and cultivate divine love. Let's take a step in and listen. We continue. The seventh article is called The Simple Way of Love by Dada Vaswani. The Simple Way of Love. If you had a choice between identifying as a bhakta, someone who loves, and a jnani, someone who knows, how many of you would identify as bhaktas? By show of hands. Nyanis? Okay. This is surprising to me. I feel most people identify as, as nyanis and not bhaktas. I feel. But I'm glad that people are comfortable being a bhakta. I also identify as a bhakta. When we read how Dada Vaswani writes, where we hear about Devi Shabari or Devi Mira, these simple personalities, it's like they didn't have jnana. They couldn't quote the scripture. They never attended the satsang. And so we feel like is bhakti for those who lack intellect that are, are dull? Conversely, they're so simple, so straightforward that they don't need more jnana. And an example of this is, I feel with Vyasa, if I say something three times, he'll pick it up. Like shoulder. I just say shoulder. I'll say shoulder again, and shoulder a third way, and he'll get it. Now, if I tell all of, all of you, naishkarmya, naishkarmya, <laughs> naishkarmya, right? We're thinking about, yeah, I know Nishant. Me and him went to school, school together. <laughs> See, we just have so much complexity and so many games that we need more jnana. But for someone who's simple, they don't need more jnana. Their jnana is more effective than our jnana is. The more virtuous one is, the more God-focused they are. The more virtuous one is, the more one knows what's important. Correct? Those people who have more virtues, they suffer from less FOMO. 
They're probably healthier, waste less time, etc., etc. God focus means their viveka is strong. They're not ready to succumb to that which is not forever. Tadavaswani shares six ways to practice meaningful living. Obviously, he elaborates in the text. I'm going to say it out. I'll explain a little bit. As you're hearing this, try to find one of these six ways that is something you can practice. So he begins, the first way is to chant God's name. And he cautions me, he cautions us to not make our chanting mechanical. You know when you're frustrated with someone and they call out to you and you heard them, but you pretend like you didn't hear them. Yes, you did hear them, but you pretended like you didn't hear them. That them calling out to you is very mechanical. You've made that mechanical. Here he's cautioning us not to make this mechanical, that when we chant God's name, to sincerely call for God. When one really needs help, they sincerely call for help. It's not mechanical. The second is to converse with God. And as one converses with God, to converse as one is. How many of you converse with God in Sanskrit? <laughs> you only use Sanskrit words when you converse with, with God, correct? <laughs> How many of you dress up when you converse with God? Your dressing up means you bathed, but potentially. It's not even definitive that that one did. We should converse with God. I'm using the phrase I already used. As you are. Converse as you are. What's anno <coughs> annoying about having guests in your home is that when you wake up, you can't get out of your room wearing the same clothes as you got up with, Correct. But if there's not guests, suppose your sister is over or someone, you know, that you feel more close to, you can look as dirtbaggish <laughs> as you do when you sleep and you get up, correct? And there's a, there's a freedom in that. So converse as you are. Number three is to contact God. And here he specifies contacting God as the contacts you have in life. When you're waiting for a bank manager and you've set an appointment, but he or she is late, to treat that as God is helping you to be patient. All of your contacts is God contacting you. And that of us when he shares that every time one exhibits a vice, they're only harming themselves. When I'm impatient with that bank manager, who's harming who? I'm harming myself that waiting in line becomes so miserable then. When I could be calling out God, I could be breathing. I could just be looking around. Number four is to please God. That what you do should be for the pleasure of God. In Washington, D.C. this summer, we're going to be taking up discourses on 
Shiva Manasa Puja. I'm going to be explaining the entire vidhi, the entire guidelines for puja. And one part is where we say, Shri Parameshwara Prityartham. That I'm engaged in this puja. The artha of this puja is Parameshwara Priti. Just to please Bhagavan. And many times as we're trying to please God, we're not going to please God. Just like our parents, correct? <laughs> so we should be ready to ask for forgiveness. We should be ready to ask for forgiveness. Number five is to dedicate our actions to God. And here actions is plural, all that we do. And this is only possible if we remember God. If we don't remember God, how can we dedicate uh, ourselves to God? Sheila and I were watching an episode of The Office, and I don't know his name, but he's trying to remember the ad, give me a break, give me a break, break me off a piece of that, and he just can't get it. And he's so frustrated, and Jim, he's a cool character on the show, he says, don't tell him what it is. But you see how frustrating it is? is that he knows this jingle, but he doesn't know what the jingle's for. (laughs) So here I am, I'm waking up in the morning and I'm dynamic and I'm driving and I'm talking, but for whom? For what? If I don't remember that purpose, it becomes purposeless. It becomes just for me, which we call selfishness then. And finally, Dada Vaswani says, we should renounce all that is not God. To renounce all that is not God. And in the big picture, everything is God. But until I'm clear about that, it means changing my friend circle, my eating habits, what time I sleep. I was telling some CSKs, some Setukaris, that they shouldn't bathe between 12 a.m. and 3 a.m. or 2.59 a.m. That's when the Rakshasas bathe. So if you're bathing at the same time, all of their bodily residue (laughs) is coming to you. You should bathe between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. That's when the devatas bathe. So you get the fragrance of all of the devatas. In heaven, nobody ages. Nobody gets dirty. So everyone is always fresh. Renounce that which is not God. This article ends with Dada Vaswani sharing that if one practices this, they become quieter. And quieter here means they're unbothered by what happens. What a blessing. If we can all pray for a change in our lives, One amazing prayer or blessing or gift would be to to just not be bothered by people's judgments of me, people not listening to me, um, poor health, whatever it may be, that one is not bothered. We'll go on to one more article, and I'm going to move faster with this. This article is entitled, Cultivating Divine Love by Swami Chinmayananda. Gurudev begins this article by asking us if we have free will. So imagine 
Gurudev is asking all of us, okay? By a show of hands, how many of you believe you have free will? Okay. And leaving aside technicalities, Swami Chinmayananda says, if you're dependent on an article, being, or circumstance, how can you say you have free will? If I'm dependent on coffee, can I really say I have free will in the morning, in this simple example? If I'm dependent on this person liking me, do I actually think independently then? Right? Our idea of free will is so technical but impractical, very impractical. So he shares five ways. Both of these articles are very systematic. There's frameworks that are given. Five ways for us to be more free. And this is based on Narada Bhakti Sutra, which is a text that we should all study. We'll find a way to study this. When and how, I don't know, but it's, go it's going to happen. Number one, detach, particularly from expectations. He shares that expectations are like poison. Expectations are poison. The more expectations you have another, of another person, is that relationship better or worse? Do you like being around that person more or less? We're always avoiding eye contact, always avoiding talking to them, because no one can ever fulfill those expectations, correct? On Sundays after I teach Bhagavatam at Chinmayadhara, I always just want some quiet time. But there's a ton of administration at Chinmayadhara because I'm part of the board and I, I, the teacher satsang, etc., etc. So finally, when I get to go downstairs and everyone's having lunch, I go and sit with the kids. Because I know sitting with, and the younger, the better. Because they have very little expectations of me and I have very little expectations of them. And it's very relieving to just sit there and talk about what they're learning in school. And it's not small talk. That's what their lives are about. And just to hear about what's going on in their lives. Detach from expectations. Number two is to attach to God's world. Attach to God's world. God's world is felt by right thinking. By right thinking. Very deeply, Swami Chinmayananda writes, it's not about renouncing a car or clothes or a spouse. It's about renouncing your projection on that car and clothes and spouse. What do we project on all of this? I like this. I dislike this. This is providing me pleasure and this is providing me pain. Now, when we think of renunciation, we think of actually renouncing that physical entity. But if I don't have that physical entity, doesn't mean that I won't be thinking about it. Right now, there's 25 individual worlds, but there's only one of God's world to attach to that. Number three is to serve. To serve. Love is the emotion, service is the expression. 
Love is the emotion, service is the expression. Today I was talking to a friend who is going to get engaged soon, and he's not overly excited about it. And this is concerning him that he's not overly excited about it. And I told him as someone who has a little bit more experience than he does that if you like someone 80%, then commit to that. And the remaining 20% you'll learn to love. Through learning, you'll come to love them. So this idea of being overly excited is very movie-like. In fact, I feel it's People who don't have many facets to their life, they make a relationship the only facet of their life. So naturally, they're excited. In the morning, I put in this really useless bottle that leaks so much, some milk for Vyasa, and he is so excited about it. I can't describe to you how excited he is about this. But for him, that's all there is. He just wants milk in the morning. That's all there is for him. So it's expected. But for someone who has many facets to their lives, like serving, then uh, they're not overly excited. So why, what I'm sharing here is that if you feel love for yourself, if you feel love for others, you have to express this. And that expression comes through service. If you're not serving... That means there's a lack of love there. That emotion is not clear. There's a selfishness that's holding us back. Number four, listen and speak about God. He calls this Shravana and Kirtana. Listen and speak about God. And I'll give you a reference here from Srimad Bhagavatam. Raja Parikshita asks a lovely question to initiate the teachings of Bhagavatam. He says, what should a dying person do? Now, most of us are relatively young. In our 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s, relatively young. And we're thinking, you know, this question is probably for 75-year-olds, our grandparents or our parents. But aren't all of us dying? You can't say you're not dying. All of us are aging, no? We're all moving closer to death. So it's a very dynamic question. What should I do right now? And Rishi Shuka's simple answer is, contemplate on the Creator. And he goes on to describe how the Creator looks. He says that the rivers are the Creator's blood. So now when I see a river, instead of seeing hydroelectric power, <laughs> I should see this is the creator. One of my favorites that it's so, I, just so beautiful is the clouds are the creator's hair. And why I like this a lot, see my hair is tied up right now. Um, when I come back from Atlanta, Sheila told me I have to shave. Sometimes there's cirrus clouds and sometimes there's nimbus clouds and sometimes there's stratus clouds. See the creator's hairstyle keeps changing, correct? Our hairstyle keeps changing too. Sometimes there's no clouds, right? So the next time you look at the sky and you see those clouds, instead of classifying them based on what you learned in grade 11 ge geography, visualize that being the creator. Contemplate on that. So to listen and speak 
about the creator. And finally, number five is associate. Associate with those who are noble, those whose lives are dedicated to truth. And Gurudev writes a lot about this. He said, anyone who's sincere about joy should long for the creator and should feel that the teacher in their lives is who the creator is sent to escort us to the creator. You would have heard about that ship, I think near Norway, that was that cruise ship that was really being pushed around by the wind. Yes, that had happened. So they sent all of these helicopters and tugboats to escort that ship to a port. When I'm sincere about independent joy, then who comes into my life? That's who I've longed for. That's who's going to escort me to the Creator. Swami Chinmayananda shares one more thought in cultivating divine love. He says we do all of this already, but we do it for ourselves. And he gives the example of sleep. If we just take detach and attach... As you go to sleep today, aren't you going to be practicing vairagya? <laughs> You're going to be deep vairagis. You're going to even renounce dvaita, correct? All duality. And there'll be such attachment to, we, it should be aham brahmasmi, that I am infinite, but rather it will be I am tired. I am tired. I am tired. See, we already do it, but it's about finite too. So my happiness is like that. In both of these articles, if you carefully enumerate these verbs, chant, contact, dedicate, attach, listen, associate, we already do this. But we're doing it for the impermanent rather than the permanent. And that's why we gather like a check. What were you doing this past month? Are you investing in that which is forever? If you enjoyed what you heard or want to learn more, share this episode with a friend or find us online at facebook.com slash cmniagara. For those on the journey of self-development, Chinmay Mission Niagara provides a community forum for seekers to listen, reflect, and contemplate. This podcast is produced by the Young Adults of Chinmay Mission, an international nonprofit working to transform individuals through the knowledge of Vedanta. Until next time, inspire, love, be.